Christy Bilbrey. Right after college, I started my career in the Senate press office and then the White House. For the next seven years, I worked in corporate marketing before starting my own business. As soon as I did, the one thing I realized that none of those experiences taught me was how to market myself. Promoting yourself can mess with your head. Discovering brand storytelling and learning how to put it to work in my messaging saved my business. Once I learned this, I started teaching other business owners how to put it to work in their business as well. I created the Business That Story Built podcast to help strengthen the stories we tell ourselves and the stories we tell others. Audiences crave the human side of businesses. They want to get to know you, follow you, and interact with you outside of the buying experience. This can be intimidating to say the least. If you're ready to take your mindset and your messaging to the next level, then you're in the right place. Let's get started. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Today is the wrap up of the sales series. So I hope you have enjoyed the sales series. If you haven't listened to the last few episodes, focus on different aspects of sales where I interview different people about the way that they have really grown their sales from all kinds of different ways. So today I have my notes of my biggest takeaways from this series, episode by episode. Episode 44 was use evergreen funnels to grow your business with Bailey Richard. And I really like that she brings attention to this because so many online business owners sell either a coaching program or a course or products through live launches, which can be really lucrative, but it's also really exhausting. Ask me how I know this. Um, So she recommends taking advantage of evergreen funnels. And she brought up a really good point, which was it helps you build consistent income throughout the year. So instead of just having a couple or a few big launches during the year, when you supplement that with an evergreen funnel, that can make it not so do or die that every live launch has to perform and you have to have that money spread out until your next launch and hoping that it does as well. So it can create a little bit more um, peace and, uh, and just help with your income. So Why don't more people take advantage of this? And a lot of people, well, first of all, what is an evergreen funnel? Because there is a misconception that she brought up that an evergreen funnel means that you have a product or sales page up 24 seven on your website and anyone can go at any time and purchase, which also means there's zero urgency, not, not really considered a launch, right? So that's not an evergreen funnel type of selling. So so what differentiates that? Well, there needs to be a a sense of urgency and a deadline, right? Because if you have a live launch, it has a start date and an end date. And an evergreen funnel to be effective needs to be set up the same way. And she is an expert in this area but she did highlight just that you can still have that urgency even when you create and automate this funnel because that's what evergreen is it's it's basically 
setting up and automating a launch so that you don't have to be actively in launch mode. When you are in launch mode, you can create the pieces and then create the back end that automates this. But a lot of people think that that means, oh, well, so if somebody doesn't sign up, then they can just start the process over. There's, you know, there's not really going to be any consequence. They can still go to the sales page, still buy the same offer. Well, no, she, she recommends a product called Deadline Funnel, and that actually does track each individual who starts the process, starts going through the launch, and it does give them not just a countdown timer, but it has a real end date. So if they try to go back and make a purchase after the end date, either the page will say, you know, this offer is gone, or if you were just offering a discount for uh, purchases made through the launch, then that discount is gone and that, you know, button is gone or now it's full price or, you know, whatever the case may be, but there is a real consequence. There is a real deadline, which creates that sense of urgency and scarcity so that you don't, don't steer away from this just because you think, oh, you know, what's the point? People can still buy it anyway. No, this is really something to consider if you do live launches to consider also setting up an automated evergreen launch funnel for when you're not doing those launches. So this can be a really great way to grow your sales for the rest of the year. Episode 45, Email Marketing with Kyle Stout. Um, I really like Kyle. He focuses on brand story a lot, which is obviously very popular with me. And we were talking about email marketing, and I really appreciate how he talks about viewing it through the lens of story and really trying to spend some time focused on who your ideal audience is and not viewing the email marketing relationship as one-sided where, okay, now they're on my list. I can just sell to them all the time. Anytime I send something out, I, I am just pushing my sales because people aren't going to stay on your list for long with that. So you really need to think about, just like you would with content for social media, you need to think about what appeals to my audience, what resonates, what are stories that they would be interested in to kind of guide them on the journey? What holds people back from buying? Do they need to learn more? They need more trust. Do they need more testimonials? Do they need to know more about your background, history, what they can take advantage of? Whatever it is, email marketing is such a great medium to reveal all those different facets that can educate and create energy and momentum for people to say, oh, this is really cool. I want to take the next step. So it's also looking at it through the lens of being a two-sided relationship and really trying to establish that connection and, you know, ask for responses from your audience, engage with them. And he really recommended, which again, I think is spot on, is developing buyer persona. Well, I call them buyer personas. He calls them customer personas, same thing. But this is when you go through this exercise, it really helps you get into the head of your buyers. 
And you'll likely have a few different categories of buyers, um, but going through that process really helps you identify who they are, what makes them tick, what's appealing to them, what's funny to them, what holds them back, what do they really look forward to, so that you can keep that in mind as you're developing content that would make them more interested in learning more and buying from you. And even after they buy, then they are a customer. And once you have a customer, you want to keep those customers and have additional offers. So really thinking about the experience and treating email marketing as part of the experience, whether they've purchased from you yet, um, if they haven't, or if they have, that it takes them on a journey and makes it interesting to want to continue and see what else you have to offer, whether that's paid content, experience, product service, or unpaid, just things that are going to keep you top of mind and keep them interested in you. So really creating a conversation that educates and entertains, not broadly, but really, really specific to your buyer personas. That can go a long way with sales and you can have great sales utilizing email marketing. Um, so you don't just, you know, when you have somebody who's interested and they don't make an immediate decision, it doesn't mean, oh, you know, bummer, I spent that money to get that lead and nothing happened. It just means that you need to take the time to nurture them through your email marketing. Episode 46 understanding and owning your confidence with Nicole Khalil. How can you make sales if you don't have any confidence in what you do? How can you expect others to have confidence in you? So I really loved um, having her on for this sales series. She's the author of Validation is for Parking, which I love that title. And she had a really great definition of confidence which to her, she believes it means that you trust yourself. Simple. You aren't looking to external sources to provide you with a specific feeling, validation, you know, that she's saying that should come from you. So she's okay. So people say, great. Well, how do I get that? And she says that is a conscious choice. It's a decision not to fake it till you make it, but to choose it till you become it, which can help really uh, create a shift in your mind, not to fear failure, to be okay being at the beginning of a journey, but to believe in yourself that you will improve, you will get better, and you're committed to this until that happens. So it's holding yourself accountable to your commitments and trusting that even if they're not um, you know, happening as perfectly as you want at the start, that you will get there and believing in yourself regardless of whether external sources are criticizing you or cheering you or if you're just comparing yourself to them. Just think about you are on your own journey and believing that you have what it takes to figure things out one step at a time and you will get there. And I loved that. With episode 47, and that was discussing SEO with Gleneth Reed. And for me, what was really interesting and surprising to me that I learned was they're both related to images on your website. And the first is 
to compress images to make them smaller that you actually don't want high res images on your website because of the loading time. It really slows down the loading time of your site and people are impatient. And so if it takes too long to load, then people are going to, your bounce rate is going to go up. People are going to leave. So <laughs> for as much as in print and other places, we want high res photos, you don't want that on your website. So if you can go back and compress, especially on your homepage, compress those image sizes, then um, that can really help you a lot to keep people on your site. The second one is also about images, and that is about naming photos and meta tags. That's something that I know I have been guilty of not doing this as well as I should, but Glenn has talked about how it really does make a big difference with the algorithm to have something specific naming that. So take the time to do it. It will really help you um, get more traffic to your site. And I know it's easy to blow these off, but these can make a huge difference. I feel like we spend so much time focused on different aspects of our website. So really make it count by taking advantage of these two things. All right, moving on to episode 48. Episode 48, I interviewed Reese Spikerman and we talked about how to get more sales with better web copy. And so a couple things that I really liked that she talked about was letting go of sounding formal. And I know for me, just the way I learned in school and then being in the corporate world, um, you know, up until 10 years ago, it was, it was really, there was such a formality that was embraced and expected for you to sound professional. So letting go of that and actually speaking the way you would talk, um, that makes a big difference and that can reach your audience right where they are. So have a conversational flow. And then the other thing that she really emphasized that I liked was the importance of your headlines. And especially on your homepage, that it's your headline that's really going to grab someone's attention and make them decide whether or not to continue reading. So you could have the most awesome content, really great, put a lot of thought and effort into it. But if you have a generic headline, um, it's not going to get the impact. It's not going to get the results that you want. So being really specific with what you're talking about and something that emphasizes something that would really speak to your specific audience and not just audiences at large, she really made a big point about that. Okay, episode 49. This was Grow Your Business Like a Weed with Stu Heineke. And a couple of things that I really liked that he pointed out was identifying your company's unfair advantage and building on that. So each company has something that makes it really unique from everyone else. And if you don't know what that is yet, it's a really good idea to stop and take some time to think about what that is about you specifically. And if you don't have... Um, if that's just difficult for you, then either talk to a friend, a colleague, or a business coach or a strategist. I'd be happy to talk to you about that. But identify what that is that makes you really unique and make that a cornerstone that you are known for. And then the second thing, which really ties into his book, Grow Your Business Like a Weed, 
is above all else, collaborate, constantly look for collaborations because, because in his mind, that's how you take new ground. And I think that makes a lot of sense that if you want to grow, you need to get in front of other audiences. I preach that in my content and with my clients all the time. And so looking for ways that you can add value to someone else's audience while they add value to you, to your business, um, that makes a huge difference in growing faster. Moving on to episode 50 and 50 and 51, I broke my interview with uh, Victor Antonio into two parts because we just had an awesome conversation. I thought we were done. I stopped the recording and then we kept talking. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm not recording this. So we started recording again and made that the next episode. But on episode 50, we were, well, both of them are talking about mastering sales conversations. And in episode 50, um, I really liked how he talked about when you're in the sales conversation, something that a lot of people don't do is really learn how to listen deeply to what the person is telling you. What are their issues? And if they don't really know, help them get down to those issues. So you really want to understand for them, what is it that is going to make them decide whether or not to buy from you? And you really need to uncover that. So listen deeply. And if it sounds like they're kind of getting at some things and you want to dig a a little deeper, then do that. Really identify what it is that makes them buy. Because if you try to sell them on things that you think are important, but they're not important to the person, then there's going to be a disconnect and it's not going to, it's not going to make sense where they're like, oh yeah, that's right. That's exactly what I need. And that makes perfect sense. So even if it is what they need, if you're not connecting the dots in a way that speaks to kind of that deeper uh, subconscious level of what matters to them in this particular buying decision, then they they may not make it. Um, something else I didn't have in, in my notes, but I couldn't believe that he said was that I think it was at least at least 40% of people who you have a sales conversation with and they don't buy they end up doing absolutely nothing. So they came to you for a reason, but they didn't leave that feeling like they were fully equipped and ready to make that buying decision. And it's not that they're just buying from your competitor. They're not buying from anyone. And it's not because they think that this isn't something they need. They just didn't feel ready to pull the trigger. And so something that he talked about that I really liked was giving your prospect the confidence to make the buying decision. So you need to figure out what their obstacles are that are getting in the way of them making that buying decision so that they, a lot of times people don't buy just because they're like, oh, I don't know. I just, I'm not sure. So you need to help them figure out, well, what aren't you sure about? And let's speak to those so that you can feel confident in those places. It's not coming from a place of being pushy, but if if you had a friend who was stuck in something where they knew they needed to move forward, but they just weren't sure how to do it, wouldn't you want to help them figure out how to unlock or uncover whatever those obstacles are so that they could find the path forward? That is really what is at the heart of sales conversations, which should be at the heart of sales conversations, is helping someone figure out 
what is the best path forward for me and equipping them with the confidence to be able to make a decision. Uh, And then part two of that conversation was in episode 51. And this one, since a lot of my audience is women, women women-owned businesses, we spoke to that a little bit. And he said that he believes that women actually have an advantage at sales because we're typically better listeners. And that can really work to your advantage. If you're coming from a place where you genuinely want to help the other person and you are a good listener, then you can tap into those deeper things um, that, that I talked about previously of really identifying what it is that makes someone want to buy, what, as he calls it, the why people buy. So when you can really listen and genuinely come from a place where you want to help, then you can become their advocate. And that is a really strong trait of a salesperson because you're no longer just saying, I want to push this on you. You want to say, okay, tell me where you're coming from. Let's really hash this out and figure out what is the next best step for you to move forward. The other thing that he mentioned in this that I really liked in uh, episode 51 was taking the time to become better at sales because regardless of what industry you're in, how you're set up, we all need to sell for our businesses to stay alive. So that is a skill that everybody should spend more time really becoming strong at and confident at strengthening that skill, whether that is reading books about it, listening to podcasts or webinars, whatever it looks like, just taking some time to take it seriously to build that skill set. Episode 52, that was Become a Modern Seller with Amy Franco. And I found it really interesting. She takes a very strategic approach and she talked about having a deep understanding of your business and to have a more profitable business. So you're not just selling this or that haphazardly, but you're really thinking about where are the profit centers in my business and what, what matters the most to my bottom line, to my top line, and taking those into consideration when you think about how you want to, who you want to focus on and what you want to focus on selling and finding the right people for that. So I, I think it was really good, you know, talking and thinking about the insight, the inner workings of your business and what really matters and where you should be focused on. Um, so that I really liked that. And then she also talked about taking the pressure off of sales calls. And if you want to take the pressure off of sales calls, she recommended stepping into the mindset of using the expertise that you have in your area to help someone else make the buying decision. This kind of reminded me of what Victor Antonio had said in our conversation as well. And this means that sometimes you may be guiding them through that decision-making process and realize that the offer that you have is not the best fit for them and being okay with that and sharing that. Because she said, just come from a place of you happen to be the expert in this area where they are seeking you and they want to figure out what they should do, what they need. And your job is merely to help them walk through that process. And it may turn out that the best fit for them is what you have and what you offer, but it's not coming from a place of just saying, 
I'm a salesperson. I need to push this. I'm going to push this. It's coming from a place of just saying, okay, you have an interest in this area. Let's see where this leads. I'm going to ask these questions. We're going to go down this path and see where it leads. And I'm going to help you get to the right place for you to make that next step. But she had a caveat with this and said, it's really only, it really only works to take the pressure off of a sales call if you have a really good pipeline in place. So if this is the only prospect you're talking to for a month, it's going to be really hard for you to come from the place of, hey, if they take it, great. If they don't, great. Either way is fine. But if you are building up your top of funnel pipeline to continue to bring leads to you, then yes, this is perfect. And you can take the pressure off and just feel like the right people are going to come to me and I can help the wrong people figure out what may be right for them and just equip them and knowing that I'm using this time with them for their benefit. That's ideal. But that kind of goes back to what she had said earlier with knowing what makes the most sense and the biggest difference for you with top of line and to your bottom line. So really looking at sales from a strategic standpoint in your business and the inner workings of your business. And then the last episode in the sales series I um, talked to a podcaster about how to start, grow, and make sales with your podcast. And her name is Zandra Zura. She is an interior design expert, style expert, and she helps everyday people who are not interior designers feel confident and comfortable designing their own spaces. And what I really liked, why I brought her on for this series is because she has made the bulk of the sales for her business by promoting her offers through her podcast. Her podcast is her main form of marketing. And it has been. She's been a podcaster for seven years, and this is really how she's built her business. And I know, I mean, from my agency and helping this past year, helping my clients get booked as guests on podcasts. Obviously, I have my own podcast. Now I'm starting to help my clients start their own podcasts as well. I know the power of podcasting and uh, a lot of people are curious. A lot of people want to grow. So I loved some of her tips of like, how have you been able to do this without feeling like you are some pushy salesperson? And she, I really liked a couple things that she said. One was sharing multiple facets of your offers. So she talked about um, having an in-person retreat and how when she wanted to promote her upcoming retreat, she would look at a couple different vantage points that she knew would be really interesting for her audience. Since her area is interior design, she would have one episode where she would interview the person who owned the space where they were having the event, the hotel or whatever. And she would choose a hotel specifically that had a cool aesthetic and ambiance that would be interesting. So she would devote an episode specifically to talking about where it would be held, what's interesting and unique about the space that would be appealing to her audience. Then um, she would have another episode with some of the, the questions that she thinks people should be thinking about before they attend. And so these would be things that would be on the minds of her audience anyway, and help them 
start to get excited and mull over, oh, you know, maybe this is worth the investment of flying to this place for a few days and really doing a deep dive in this, that maybe if they just heard, oh, there's a retreat, they might think, oh, you know, that sounds nice, but it's not for me. But just spending an episode digging into kind of the why she was having it and uh, the impact that it could have and the meaning and some of those things, those pre-questions that people should be thinking, um, that really sparked an interest. And um, so she would usually, she would, she would come up with a few different ways to approach the promotion instead of it just being, you know, a minute long commercial at the beginning, middle or end of her podcast. I mean, I think she would have those as well, but she would really try to take time devoted to it. And I think something else that she had mentioned was just her own planning and what it looked like kind of behind the scenes for getting it ready and what was going on, because that creates excitement as well. And this is an audience that's gotten to know her over time. And so they can get excited with her. And so I think when you are, if if you are a podcaster or you want to become a podcaster and you're thinking about how can I monetize this? What are different ways that I can do this? And it wasn't, it's not every single episode that she would do this, but as she was getting ready for an event or an offer or a launch, she would think through what are different aspects of this that would really intrigue my audience and stir up some interest in this. So I really like those ways that she went about it. The second is second thing that I really liked is she said, you know, she's not, she doesn't consider herself a salesperson, but she would just talk about these things that she does. Like right now she's working on a book. So she talks about what she really loves, where she's kind of struggling, where she wants to hear back from her audience, what they're interested in, what kind of feedback they have, what the process is looking like for her. So the other part of it is just bringing people along for the journey and really building things with your audience in mind, asking them for feedback, asking them what they think about different aspects, what interests them, what they would like to see in something. And that's another way to get your audience involved without really being salesy and um, just to make it kind of a fun experience because part of podcasting, it's such a, it's such a personal medium and you really do, people will get to know you when you speak on your podcast over time. And so when you involve your audience as much as you can, it really will start to build that sense of community. And then your offers can just be an extension of that. So if they're liking what they're getting and they want more, then you're offering them an opportunity to get more, have more, better results, more impact. Um, so I really like those as ways that you can grow your business through a podcast. And that is it. That is the sales series wrap up. I hope you enjoyed it. And next week we're going to get started. Excuse me. We are going to get started with a brand new series about uh, where I interview authors and it's all about book writing. So book writing is something that is on your list, whether that's for this year or maybe two, three years down the road, but you want to start figuring out what you should be doing now, then I think you're really going to appreciate this series. And thank you so much for listening. And until then, have a great week. 
succeed in business, you need brand awareness, authority, and trust. To get those, you need visibility. Podcasts offer each of these. It's a unicorn platform because it gives you the scarcest resource in digital marketing, attention. Did you know that 80% of podcast audiences listen to the entire episode and more than 50% consider buying from a brand or individual that they discover on a podcast? Building your own show and audience takes years. Grow faster by guest speaking on other podcasts to get more leads, build your SEO and strengthen your brand. To learn how my agency can help, email me at hello at christybilbury.com.